0: What is up, y'all? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a ton of comics that have come out this week, kicking off with Superman, Son of Kal-El, number one for DC Comics, written by Tom Taylor, art by John Timms. Now, you probably figured this out from the title, but this is focusing on Jonathan Kent, who is kind of the new Superman, not exactly Superboy anymore. Superman is slowly losing his powers, so John is... Figuring out, do I have what it takes to be the new Superman, assuming that mantle, and that's what they're dealing with here. Justin, I'm curious to hear from you. You've been super into super into a lot of the Superman titles. how this one work for you?
2: Um, I, I like this a lot, and I have been. I was a big fan of the Super Sons um, yeah. uh, series. It was going around for a while. So it, I, I was really happy to see Damien featured here. Yeah. The um, aging up uh, of our our son of Kal-El here is always a little little weird to me. And uh, those little things, it's like, ah, I don't quite, um, you don't love it. Uh, but I do think it's handled really well here. I like the way they talk about um, how his powers are going to be working and how he is sort of this like, more powerful and unique being in the DC universe, which is something that I feel like we haven't really talked about too much um, in the different uh, appearances of the character. So I, I thought this was great. Pete, what about you?
1: I I agree. Um, there were some really cool covers where you have like Robin being carried, uh, and he's got like his arms crossed, and he looks all chromogenia. I thought that was hilarious. Did uh, you read the book or just yeah? Check out could the you pl- fucking it? let me get past? <laughs> all right. You know, Jesus Christ um i love the kind of like talking it out while they're fighting the ninjas i thought this was like really fun a great way to explore the characters and their uh relationship that they have and i'm glad that they're focusing on it because it is such a cool part about these two characters and yeah i thought the the art was really really well done for this and as far as like first issues go i thought it really knocked out of the park got you excited for more
2: And where the book lands, sort of the direction for it, where uh, truth, justice in a better world, as opposed to truth, justice in the American way, sort of looking beyond America and sort of uh, tackling problems that feel very current, I think, is a great area for this character to explore.
0: This had big zero-issue energy to me. Oh, how dare you? I know you don't like them. I don't mind a good zero-issue. I think this does a really good job, like you guys have been saying, of setting up the character of John, setting up where he is emotionally, checking in with him and his relationship with Damien. really liked all of that stuff, but... Where we got to at the end is where I wanted to be at the beginning of the issue. I want to see what's the conflict, what's the idea, where is this book going? And I'm excited to see that. I mean, this feels like shades of... Tom Taylor did X-Men Red as well, right? Which was the proactive X-Men team. And this feels like this might head in those directions a bit, which is interesting. Particularly since we've had teases that... Jonathan Kent might go wrong. Like there might be something that he does that is unsuperman like, and I'm curious to see where that goes from here. As you mentioned, the art is really good as well. But this felt like a holding of a breath before we get to the main thing that's going to happen in this title.
2: But a holding of a breath. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the clutching
1: sorry. of the pearls. A clutching of the pearls.
2: The holding of the breath. Well, Alex oh, feeling it this week emotional week for Alex, maybe big week. Let's move on. Then to talk
0: about amazing fantasy. Number one for Marvel by Kare Andrews. This is a big return for the writer artist to Marvel here. We are getting, gosh, I don't even know what it is. It's not a out of time story necessarily, but what we're told, this is spoilers for the book, but we get to see Spider-Man, Black Widow and Captain America at the moments that they die They are transported to another dimension that is very 1950s, 1960s sci-fi, as implied by the title. There are dinosaur creatures. There's weird aliens. Sort of
2: manticore?
0: Manticores and things like that. Flying
1: lion? I did not know what to
0: expect. I was very excited to not know what to expect going in here. And as usual, the Kari Andrews book was really blown away, but mostly very intrigued
2: uh, I love Kari Andrews. Um, really liked the Iron Fist series. Um, oh yeah, a few years dude! Back. Um, really liked that. Great to see. Um, great to read this book. I love. I think the premise is really interesting. I love taking these characters just out of their contexts. Um, I'm curious to see what the idea here is. Here is with death being the. Um, sort of what brings them together. I There's a reveal later on in the Spider-Man story that I thought was really cool. I'm looking forward to see how that plays out.
1: Um, I Yeah, I just feel like this is a perfect example of art meeting a cool idea in the best way. I think this artist working on this kind of comic, it makes it legendary. The, just the, the way captain America looks in this is very enjoyable. The flying lion is fantastic. I mean, the spider, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever title you're giving it. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh the Spider-Man reveal, ah, eh, but the way Spider-Man and Black Widow are drawn is is it's a really a fun book and it, and it's uh it's very creative and cool. You can't get behind that Spider-Man fun? I can't. No, no I can't. Wow. But it was cool though. I'm very excited to follow this going forward. Next
2: up, Gru are t- Alex, are you talking about our argument? Yes. Gru meets
0: Tarzan, number one, from Dark Horse Comics, written by Sergio Aragones and Mark Avanier, art by Sergio Aragones and Thomas Yeats. As implied by the title, technically at some point, I guess, down the road, Gru is going to meet Tarzan. That's not what happens in this issue. Instead, we get three storylines, one with Tarzan, one with Gru, and one with Sergio Aragones and Mark Avanier at a comic convention talking about wouldn't it be fun to do a Gru meets Tarzan comic book.
1: Meta on so, uh, Meta, inside
0: a Meta. I was a huge Gru fan as a kid. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. So I was very trepiditious to read this again, mm. I, uh, but excited to kind of check it out because I haven't read a Gru comic book in a very long time. I don't know that it was the funniest thing I've ever read, but it certainly felt... From that perspective of youth, like a warm, comfortable blanket, with the cheese dip jokes, with Rivera making fun of Gru the entire time, the I dog. enjoyed. I enjoyed this. I like this. But what did you guys think? I, I don't know if you have the same affection for Gru. It
2: feels like there's a baked apology into your review of this book, Alex. I'm, I'm sorry. Don't, I don't think I'm you just, need. I'm to.
0: sorry, you guys. I'm sorry I put this third in the lineup. I'm no, so you sorry. Don't, you,
2: you don't need to apologize. <laughs> oh, I feel I mean, so bad. Uh, I thought I was, you know, I casually read Gru. I wasn't a Gru guy. I wasn't a Gro Gru like you are. Mm-hmm. But I do think that um, it's fun. I, I really liked actually the sort of um, the Comic-Con and the uh, Sergio Marx side of it. Um, I did find the tonal shifts between the Gru and Tarzan stuff to be a bit extreme. Gru's like, I'm a goof, cheese dip. And then Tarzan's like, where is this slave ship from? so it's like ah okay guys (laughs) interesting (laughs) choices uh but i it feels like these creators have the confidence um to bring these storylines together in a way it feels like they're almost seeking out the the different tonal uh tonal situations with these characters and are trying to find a way to bring them together so despite the jarring nature of this i feel like they'll probably pull it off pete what about you what was your take
1: Um. Yeah. You know, uh, when I was younger, I thought Gru was cool. Um. And then, uh, then, but then I grew up. up. up.
0: You got cool, Pete. That's what happened. I don't know about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's just some weird kind of moments now in the Gru stuff that I'm like, what? What is the? What is the point of this? Like, what does this mean? Like, what are you trying to say about comic? Comic conventions. There's this, this thing where he's yeah. like, man, if one more person thinks I'm a different, famous person, I'm going to lose it. And then this uh, attractive woman comes up to him and says the thing they're supposed to lose it over. And he doesn't. He ends up like, like, I,
0: I, I took like, all what? of that
1: as very self-effacing.
0: Honestly, I yes. understand what you're saying. And I understand the se- uh, sensitivity there. But that's Sergio Argotis, the the running bit is him getting mistaken for the creator of Spy versus Spy. Right. Fun. Which is very silly. And then I'll, later on, for they talk to him about his fold-ins and everything. But him immediately being like, yeah, sure, I'll draw Spy versus Spy for this pretty lady, is very like... The joke, in my mind, is on him doing that. It's not on like... Hubba hubba, sexy ladies or sexy or anything like that, you know.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's about him being a hypocrite, and exactly, I, I thought it was. I didn't. I, I, I hear why your alarm bells went off, Pete, but I don't think it was super offensive
0: And uh, another thing on that note was Sergio Aragones. Like he is known as the bad magazine guy. He is known as the Gru guy, but that double page spread of the Comic Con yeah. is crazy. So cool. Oh my gosh, just so much going on there. So many jokes, so many tiny little things happening. I thought that was great. So I, I was very, I was pleasantly surprised by this comic, I thought. Let's move on to another one. Sweet Paprika, number one from Image Comics by Mirka Andolfo. This is a crater that has blown up in a very big way lately. I believe, I could be wrong about this, but I believe this is one of her first big things that is now finally coming out of the United States from Image Comics. It's about a devil who is a book publisher. She is very uh, terrible boss at work mm. Very pent-up sexually at home. Both of those things are going on at the same time. There is a sexually free delivery boy. Maybe they're on a collision course at some point. I have been enjoying Mirka andolfo's work. I think her cartooning style is really good. She's been doing some writing for DC as well that's good. Curious to hear what you guys thought about this
1: comic in particular. Uh, well, I think the... the Pause for a yeah yeah the the art (laughs) is great i love the kind of like cartoonish but also can be serious and scary at some points um you know uh i i think that like i'm happy that it's a, a woman uh writing this and and doing this stuff and it's you know like hey cool like Definitely get your groove on with whatever you want to. Uh, but I wasn't sure what the thing was with delivery dudes, but I, I guess delivery they're
2: fun. Plus, they're right at your house. Mm-hmm. So it's like, easy, it's, it's an easy, easy transition. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like I ordered dinner, but I also ordered a date. Well, I don't know if you should do that.
0: Uh, what do you think, Justin?
2: You can click a box on Seamless if you're like yeah. single and ready to hang out. <laughs> It makes it seamless.
0: Same thing on Uber Eats. It's an extra fee, though.
2: Yeah. I Um, I feel like the first half of this book, I felt like very much like work analog uh, to devil stuff. And I was like, okay. The second half I thought really picked up when we got into the more interpersonal stuff and the more like internal to to Paprika here. So I definitely, uh, I liked it as it went on. Um, in the beginning, I thought it was just like something we've seen before.
0: Yeah, I... Unnatural, which is another book that she did about this pig lady who finds out that she's destined for something more, I thought was very good and really well done. And like the art style was a little more developed. This is a little more cartoony, sketchier. I think she's going for more of a fun style. So um, not not my favorite thing she's done, but I think it's worth reading and checking out anyway. The anime kind of like fun of it is really Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, to your point, Justin, I'm curious to see where this goes in a second issue. Next up, The Other History of the DC Universe, number five from mm. DC Comics, yes. written by John Ridley, art by Giuseppe Camancoli and Andrea Cucci. In a way, we are living back to the first issue of the book that dealt with Black Lightning. Now we're focusing on one of his daughters and her development throughout the DC Universe. I thought this issue was great. I mean, every issue of this is great, but this issue in particular really popped for me, particularly for a character that, frankly, I don't know much about.
2: Yeah, that felt like sort of, I don't want to say a side character, but definitely like a smaller part of the DC universe here. And we really just get to explore so much of it. I'm surprised this book isn't getting more notoriety. Like, I think it's so good. It really is like this deep dive character exploration of – of of characters that have been in the DC universe forever. Like, I don't think we get a lot of this type of storytelling in the DC universe. It felt watch watchman esque Mm -hmm. a little bit in the way it sort of breaks down, takes these older stories and like gets into them and finds meaning in them that wasn't there beforehand. Um, So I'm curious why it's not getting as much attention and maybe because there, there are, there's so much like literal language here. And it's it's basically,
0: yeah, it's, It's a story that he's writing that Giuseppe Cabancoli and Andrea Cucci are illustrating versus straight, like, dialogue-driven comic books. So that might be part of it. It's Mm -hmm. very dense. But this is Thunder, right? Is the the character Mm -hmm. not – the other one is – Her sister,
2: Jen, is Lightning.
0: Lightning, right. So it's Thunder and – Where they get to with the resolution by the end, where it's just the family all talking to each other, which I have to assume was some bizarre thing that happened in an issue of Teen Titans or something like that, or Outsiders or whatever, is really one of the best black lightning stories that I've ever read just in terms of his emotional development and treating him like a real character I thought it was phenomenal Pete what did you take what did yeah you think?
1: i just i first off I agree this is really powerful uh what d c is putting out I really wish more people were talking about it because it's it's really great um I, I i the art's unbelievable the kind of way that the storytelling is brought to life in these stories are so great <laughs> the fact that like Uh, you know, one of the characters was just like, yo, Batman, like, don't even try this. Like I've been here longer. Like you can't just show up and claim the outsiders. I thought that was so cool. I really loved the kind of characters, uh, uh, dealing with the DC history in a way that kind of like voices how they felt about it going through it. I, I just think it's such a great thing. And I'm so happy that it's being done in such a powerful, cool way.
2: Yep. And even beyond like the uh, exploration of the just the emotional side uh, what it like race everything there gender um sexuality like yep. the, the way we get into uh thunder 's powers is even mm-hmm, just, like yeah. super interesting, so like this is just checking off uh, so many boxes of just great storytelling
0: yeah and i don 't I probably should have i 'm trying to look this up right now and i don 't see information on it, but i I don't know if this is the last issue of the book, maybe it is because we brought it round to black lightning. Um if that so, I like think this the, Yeah, yeah if, if so, I think this is a great ending for this and people should really go back and read and piece apart these five issues because they've been fantastic, but hopefully there's more. I don't know what it would be about, but I'd be excited to read a sequel series if this is in fact the last thing. For sure. Speaking yeah. of which, let's move to another last issue, and I'm going to turn it almost immediately over to Pete to talk about Beta Ray Bill number 5 from Marvel Ooh. by Daniel Warren Johnson. Ooh. This is Beta Ray Bill finally making it mano a mano with Suter for the Twilight Sword, trying to regain his, not humanity, Corbin, Night, something like that. But it yes. brings everything to a close here in terms of the themes. How'd you feel, Pete? Did it bring it... Was it was it sufficient for you?
1: DW Jason would just really just he 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 hammered it. It was just such a fun, cool story to get inside Beta Ray Bill's head as he deals with like Who he really wants to be, like, uh, the outside matching the inside. What does he want to look like? What is, what is right for him is really kind of cool and interesting. Uh, just like the other kind of parts of the story, the kind of like, uh, kind of love thing that's going on with the ship is really cool and sad. But I mean the fight sequences and the action when there is a brawl uh Daniel Warren Johnson d- draws fights and like you feel the punches you feel what's happening in such a cool actiony way uh i I just can't get enough of it and just the oh the sword stuff was just so so badass uh I I yeah, there's just some great stuff that I don't want to ruin, but unbelievable like cool gun stuff and all, all it's just it's enjoyable on many levels and the uh, art and the storytelling are just uh, beautifully met
2: i hate to use this term a little early but i have great head lopping in this
1: <laughs> <comment>. <laughs> yeah spoilers uh, dude i was trying to not say that
2: no you, you don't know what i'm talking about nobody knows what i'm talking about unless you read the book um, and i want to give a shout out i agree with you pete i thought this was great just great art great fight sequences um I want to give a shout out to the uh, supporting characters here, which I thought were awesome. Scourge yeah. was great here. Scourge. Pip the Troll. Scourge. Uh, Pip the Troll is so fun here. That's a character I want to see more of. I loved him back in the old Warlock and the Infinity Watch days. Like, bring that guy back and then uh, Scuttlebutt the Ship. Fun character. Oh, man. A little relish here. Yeah. I would love yeah. to love. Like, if I had a fell in love with my car, it's fun. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I. I really like this. I thought Uh the series. You watch your
1: goddamn mouth. You're lucky we're not doing a show together. You're lucky we are are doing a show together. Like I would punch you right now if we were in the same room. I wish it was a virtual. Art is
0: gorgeous. I thought this was great. I felt like this book, and I think it was purposely so, but it felt like it ended with ellipses instead of an exclamation point. It felt Mm. like there was more to say about Beta Ray Bill, say about the character. You want
1: them to want more. Here's
0: the thing. I understand that's a function of working in ongoing comics, and that's probably what's going on here, but the rest of this book has been so good and so big and so definitive. I wanted to see... Obviously, not an actual ending for Beta Ray Bill, but I wanted to see like a definitive end point here. What happens with him? What happens with his ship? What happens? With uh, no, seriously, like there's a romantic relationship there, and I feel like we're left with a question mark of you know, exactly what's going to happen. It feels like it's the sort of thing we're like, oh, Beta Ray Bill is going to be in this Avengers crossover in a couple of months, so we got to leave him in this place at the end here. And that, right. to me,
1: is a little frustrating. That's all.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I hear well, that. Whoa,
1: uh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, hold up. I'm sorry that whatever expectations you wrote in your head wasn't met here with what was happening. But, you know, sometimes it's not always having things come to a perfect ending. You know, these characters kind of live and breathe on their own and go through ups and downs. You can't sum up somebody's life all the time in five issues. I'm glad it all wasn't kind of cookie-cuttered and brought perfectly back around. Or there was a, you know, I, I liked the fact that there was space at the ending for more.
2: Uh, Pete, famous for loving open-ended endings to the series, <laughs> Loki, <laughs> Loki. Um, but if I can sum up your stake, Alex, maybe you got a Beta Ray Bill, but you wanted an Alpha Ray Bill. Ooh,
0: that's exactly what I was thinking. Thank you for saying that. Let's. Move you got on a to Beta it. Ray
2: Bill, but you wanted a Beta Ray William.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think the first one was closer. Will the barman- I am.
2: You just added in the one that you think is is great. Let's just (laughs) keep adding stuff to this. The Department of Truth. (laughs) Yeah,
0: sure. The Department of Truth number 11 from Image Comics written by James Tide of the Fourth art by Martin Simmons. This is the second part of the Bigfoot arc as we're finding out more about the truth behind Sasquatch himself uh, as our main characters wander through the woods Justin, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like this is one of your favorite books, but you've been off. Yeah, you've missed like the last two I'm
1: so excited to hear what your thoughts are. We've Um, been talking about this book without you. Come on
2: how dare you first off second i would say i like the way this book is really settling into its uh its sort of vibe and really moving through these um american legends and and uh conspiracy theories and things that people believe without a lot of real evidence and uh the formula is set it's like they have to put a stop to this thing before it causes damage um and then we get a great exploration of um the how bigfoot, sasquatch, yeti, abominable snowman all that came about and then the characters really explored that. I like the text passages as well we get here.
1: I do I continue to love this book. Pete, what about you? I I I it's very creative and a ton of fun. I don't love it as much as Justin but it's uh, it's very cool but it, the creepiness of it bothers me a little bit in a way that it's uh, unsettling which like I think the is, world yeah it's on purpose um, but you know I try to this is supposed to be my happy place so sometimes mm. it gets to me a little
0: bit. Listen sometimes there's not a clear ending there Pete that's what I'd that's say right. about it sometimes it leaves things open and you got to trust the process and trust the creators
1: That's well and- said.
2: And Pete, I'll if I may speak to your happy please you almost just
0: call me Justin? Pete? Yes, I did. Okay.
2: <laughs> really <laughs> fixed it right at the end. No, and, what are you um, drinking? Sometimes you're bad. happy. P- are you oh. drinking
1: paint? Uh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> just water. It's okay. just water.
2: Let me be honest. There's probably a little paint in there, right?
1: It's <laughs> just water. It,
2: the bottom of that label says just uh, water. Uh, and then there's a tiny, small print and paint. Nope. P, as we learned from um, from Billy Madison, sometimes your happy place um, isn't always happy. Oof. Oh man, this was my
0: least favorite arc of this comic so far. Oh, I really, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm such a negative deli on this episode. You are. But What's going on? I love, it? love, it love Martin cool. Simmons' art. Always good. Love the layouts. I love the creativity here. Like you were saying, Justin, going between the text pages. Our characters, but I feel like there was too much reliance on just repeating what the conspiracy theory is and laying stuff out through nonstop dialogue here versus the previous issues have done a really good job of juxtaposing a lot of very dense information with action at the same time. And other Mm. than the end of this issue and a little bit of the previous issue, I don't think we really got that in the past two issues of this arc.
2: Wow, Interesting. Um, do you feel like it's because of the um, the subject matter they're tackling is like more like, oh, we all know about this and we sort of all know this isn't real. So it feels like less edgy.
0: That might be it. That's possible. Uh, I And I'm not worried about this book. I love this book, too. And I'm very excited for whatever they're going to tackle next. The overarching thing that they're building up is very cool as well. Uh, do you think- but this didn't quite hit me in the same way.
1: Do you think it's because maybe last night when you were preparing dinner, Marnie was like, this isn't very good. And you were kind of like, oh, man, I worked really hard on this. (laughs) Wow. Do you have some inside info? Do you have some inside info, Pete? What are you
2: talking about? I'm just saying a great dinner last night. (laughs) What what was it? Let us be the judge. Oh,
0: boy. You're asking me to remember two dinners ago?
2: (laughs) I mean, one dinner ago. You just (laughs) ate the dinner.
0: Wait, what did I make? Oh, I made uh I made uh, garlic caper lemon chicken. Wow uh, with a side of mashed potatoes and some spiced roasted broccoli. Wow. Spice Wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's very good. Well and Look. with that, we went on some strange adventures, just like our next book, oh, Strange wow. Adventures, number 11 from DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Mitch Gerards and Evan Doc Shaner. And first of all, a big apology that we've been saying his name is Mitch Gerards for or at least I have. Forever now. That's not his name. It's Mitch Gerads. So I'm sorry about that. Gerads. But Gerads. But this is following up on the big revelation of the last issue that Alina, is that her name, is not actually the villain here. It's actually Adam Strange, who made a deal with the Picts to keep his daughter alive in exchange for sparing Ron and also giving them Earth. And that's why they're winning on Earth right now. She found out about it. This issue is all about the two of them dealing with it. Great. Man, They we've talked so much about how Tom King slowly, slowly draws things out and pieces them out. But the shit hit the fan, the last issue, and
2: it continues to hit at this issue in a big way. And I really love the way, I mean, not to just be the love guy, but... This series is great. And the way that we uh, Alana is um, is like being intense and sort of unlikable throughout this issue. But she's sort of she's right here. And uh, it's it makes for just a very tense read. And we get two different perspectives two different time periods of them sort of working together and them in conflict. And uh, Tom King just is always putting a lot of ideas on the table and letting us take them in.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a little bit of, like, it feels like we got the reveal a long time ago that Adam Strange is an asshole, and she's finally kind of catching up to that in this issue. Um, so uh, it was nice to see her punch him in the face a bunch. Very much enjoyed that. But do you not feel sympathy for him at all? Uh,
2: not Given really. what, what he went through in when, a lot of the Once he pulled a gun
1: on her, nah, not really. Given this, the,
2: all the things he went through with the, um, a very intense torture, uh, I think maybe that's a larger point that Tom King is making about what war, torture, what those things do to you and uh, sort of reset your moral clock to a point where uh, it is much more about smaller ideas and, and, and more connected. You're like just trying to survive and keep your family alive. Okay. No, comment from strange, no comment. Is that a strange adventure for you? Let's move is on. Then. The f-
0: <laughs> Let's move on. Talk about Black Cat number eight from Marvel, written by Jed McKay, art by CF Villa. This is kicking off the Infinity Score storyline that is picking up from Infinite Destiny's annuals that have not actually ended yet. So, classic publishing goof that's going on right oh, now. Yeah. But this is another great, fun caper from Jen McKay and team that have really amped up what Black Cat is and what she can do in the Marvel Universe. I thought this was a lot of fun. Justin, I know you're a big fan of these. What'd you think of this one?
2: Uh, one of my favorite books on the stands right now. I love the way that this book is is treating Black Cat and her team. It's just great heists, every issue, with just like great References We get some Shakespeare in here. Oh, We've boy. got the movie The Saint in here. Like, it's just really smart writing. The fight between uh, Black Cat and Nick Fury here is really good. And then the reveal at the end, it's just using – this book feels like so right now in the Marvel uh, Comics universe. And
1: I hope a ton of people are reading it. I'm glad that Justin likes this book. I think that it's, you know, it's fun. It's Black Cat. Yeah, I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you have a book that you're enjoying so much. It's great. Uh, You know, Black Cat, doing Black Cat stuff, which is fun and cool. Uh, And then somehow she outwits Fury, which is okay. All right. Okay. Sure, sure. So you're that, a cat guy. You're a cat guy. What's up? Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, to be fair, it's also it's Nick Fury Jr. So he's got like that's true. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. a little less. Also, skills. it's cat. It's Black Cat's book, so you know that's mm-hmm. kind of how it's going to work with comics. Yeah, Nick Fury wins and he kills her. Would that be better? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes Alex' stories don't have to come around to a perfect circle. <laughs> oh, okay, that what doesn't make any fight? sense. What is in this, this context? Yeah, uh, Made in Korea,
0: number three from Image Comics, written by Jeremy.
2: Wait, Clark. Alex, what do you do? You like this book?
0: Oh yeah, I, I think this is super fun. I really enjoyed this. I wish we had read the Infinite Destinies annuals before we got here. But very curious to see how this goes. Clearly. Now that the Infinity Stones are part of people, she's either trying to steal the stones from them or steal the people. Either way, that sounds super fun and maybe kind of gross as she pulls some stones out of people. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And if Black Cat gets the Infinity Gauntlet, that's pretty messed up and fun, too. Love it. Good times. Made in Korea number three from Image Comics written by Jeremy Holt, art by George Schall. This is very quickly becoming one of my favorite books about a little baby robot. Who is slowly figuring out how to be human. At the same time, the guy who gave her some errant programming is trying to track her down and bring her back so he can get the programming out of her. We were, Pete, I remember you and I talked about this one, the last issue. We were very worried what was going to happen after the cliffhanger there, where after she met some bad boys at school and they showed her some guns, things get progressively worse here in a very bad way. But I love how this series is just going for it, like really pushing things in terms of politics, in terms of emotion, in terms of the characters. It makes me nervous for them. It makes me scared. But that's exactly the place that you should be in a book like this.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I, I am very scared with this book. Uh, as parents, you know, this has to be terrifying to you. You know, a kid falling in with uh, other kids who just want to, you know, rob banks. I hate banks. it when my
0: kids fall in with other kids. That's the
1: yeah. worst. I, yeah. It's got to be nerve-wracking because it's like, what if those kids are mini bank robbers? Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you know, my kid's robbing banks. You know? So my kids but are kid, going to
0: camp right now. I don't know if you do the same thing, Justin, but every day before I send them off, I'm like, now, kids, don't make any friends today. Yeah. Okay, have fun.
2: Bye. But here's the thing. Kids are going to rob a couple banks. It's just part of growing up. Um, that... And you just got to make sure they're robbing the right bank. <laughs> Not some big fancy bank, but more of a kid bank. By the way, where
0: are your kids, Bonnie and Clyde, going to <laughs> camp this year?
2: <laughs> um, they're at a, um, a, uh, a, where you take um, a money laundering camp. Oh, okay. They're oh, at I a see. money laundering yeah. camp. Smart, it's smart. really, um, you just got to learn to teach the skills they're going to use. Yeah. Um Very but cool. I like this book. I think the art in this book is really good. Yes. And I agree with you. Um the visual, just the visual storytelling I think is really cool here uh sort of throughout. And it does feel like that sort of cool sci-fi indie feature almost um uh, movie. I think this could easily be like an Ex Machina type movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Next up, Infinite Frontier,
0: number three from DC Comics, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Paul Pelletier, Jesus Marino, Tom Derenek, and Zermonico. In this issue, we're continuing to get this broad scope of the DC universe as something has gone wrong. (laughs) We don't see him in this issue, but Darkseid is controlling Psycho Pirate and the Black Lanterns or something like that. But I'm... I'm digging this. I like this. I I know I keep saying it every issue, but I think it's very effectively giving off those 52 vibes from back in the day. And I was initially a little resistant because I didn't want to get into another event. But now I'm very curious to see where this goes.
1: I agree. I'm also like this one really kind of got me on board. This issue did a great job of like starting with these like headlines and stuff to kind of bring us into the story. Uh, I love this President Superman character. This is such a cool Superman who's like, you know, it's not all about punching. We got to talk things out, Magog. I, th- I thought that was Magog. very cool. Hey, Magog. Magog, you got to talk it out hey, Magog. with Magog. Magog. You gotta hey, be like, Magog. hey, Magog.
2: Hey, Magog. We got to talk this out,
1: Magog. Sit down. Let's just chop it up. Come on.
2: Yeah. Pasta yeah using that Philly accent. <laughs> uh I like this series a lot. This issue felt very much sort of in the middle, a middling issue oh, of like mm, bullshit. Uh, like I wanted to hear a, I wanted to see a little bit more of a story take the lead um, in a lot of ways that I think 52, the new 52 did sort of share. This is sharing focus too much. I think this is at the same
0: time. I will say that this is such a deep dive. If you have not been nonstop reading DC Comics for the past, I don't know. Uh, ever. like Susan Lifetime? X. Yeah, Lifetime, something like that, because if you don't know every version of Superman and the whole continuity, and also same thing with, like, Roy Harper and Infinity Inc. and things like that, none of this matters to you whatsoever. Infinity Inc. is back in this issue. They're back, baby! Come on, my guy! Because you demanded it, and I again, I'm enjoying this, I'm liking this, but like... I don't know, man. Uh, What's I up, think That Texas Blood, number eight from Image Comics by Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. We are continuing the second arc of this book as we delve into a potentially satanic cult in this small town in Texas, while in the present, our main cop character is dealing with issues with his memory and health at the same time. Um, the real standout for me here, uh, as always, is Jacob Phillips' art, which I think is gorgeous. What do you guys think about this issue?
2: I like this comic a lot. It feels like it's carving out its own territory in um, that sort of uh, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips vein. This is definitely like getting its own spot. And I, I think it's really setting a really setting a nice world for these characters. And I like it.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed with kind of like the flashback kind of toning and then kind of like dealing with this girl and her death in such a uh creative amazing powerful sad way um yeah i i i think the storytelling this is really great there's a lot said without saying anything like the showing of people's eyes and stuff it's really emotional um yeah and even like the sit down in the booth is kind of fun in different ways uh yeah i think this is a very interesting story being told by people who really know what they're doing and the arts are really fantastic Next up, Batman Reptilian Number Two from DC Comics,
0: written by Garth Ennis, art by Liam Sharp. In this issue, Batman is continuing to investigate the mystery of who has been taking bites, literally, out of the villains of Gotham City. It's probably not Killer Croc because that feels like the most opposite thing, at the uh, obvious thing at this point. But he's a bite guy. guy he is. To bite. Yeah, he he bites people a lot. But this is gross and gory And Liam Sharp's art is great It reminds me a little bit of Ben Templesmith In a certain way Ooh, I yes. yeah, uh, yeah. But I I really like this I think this is a perfect use of the black label On DC's part What about you guys? Pete, what about you? You love the Ennis
1: in particular I, I do, thank you for pointing that out Big fan of the Ennis, Ennis. The Ennis <laughs> uh, Garth the Ennis, the Menace uh, Yeah, first off Got to talk about this art. I love how dark and creepy it is, in this kind of painty type of way. It's a great look for Gotham, uh, Gotham. It's it's really and you kind know of paint because you've been drinking it all night, right, Pete? It's right, just it's water and paint, just water and, <laughs> and paint. just water, guys. It's just and a little bit of paint, <laughs> water. Um, <laughs> and uh I, it's just such a cool fit for Garth Ennis because he has this kind of edge to him. But sometimes I'm like, yo, this is pretty harsh. Like Batman is fucking straight up a dick to Penguin. Uh the way he talks to him and treats him is a uh, it's a little it's a little much a little too much. But uh, you know, I gotta trust the NS. Uh, he knows what he's doing. eh, this is fine, I don't know. Oh wow! Come
2: on,
1: come on man. Not All a right. thing.
2: The art's cool. I do. I agree with the Ben Templesmith comparison. It's cool, but I'm just like. it feels like. Haven't we been here?
0: Wow. Haven't wow. we been here? Interesting. Come on, man. man. But well, let's move on to something that I think you surprisingly liked quite a bit. Then, Justin, the Head Lopper, number sixteen from Image Comics by Andrew McLean. You've been a big booster of this book since the very beginning, since issue from one. You've been the, be the main person. Don't
2: you dare <laughs> been pushing this title for so long, despite Scroll a lot of people yourself. on this podcast not being on board with lopping the lopping of heads. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I like this book a lot. Um, this, I said this as on the live podcast as well, this feels like just playing a great old NES game. It's like playing Zelda where you're, you're a gauntlet. You're fighting your way through. Gauntlet, you're unlocking sure. the mysteries. You're getting through stuff. It's funny. It's great action. Um, I'm invested in the mythology uh, the art's fantastic. It's just a great comic.
0: Pete, what about you? You're kind of a late adopter to this book. Go ahead. Sort of oh, new to the book.
1: Oh, my God. Go fuck So <laughs> I've been saying since the first issue, this is glorious. This is just so much fun. It's great to have, like, Conan the Barbarian, but, like, cartoony. Now, his name's Headlopper.
2: I oh, think he maybe you're God. confused about the book. I was making a comparison. I um, <laughs> oh, sorry. It's hard to tell with a new reader.
0: Conan the Barbarian, by the way, is based on the character of Gru, uh, the
2: Wanderer. <laughs> In case you're wondering. I hate, wow, I a involved. lot of competing ideas <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> just, just, just.
1: Uh, I, go ahead. I, I, I really, I, it's creative, it's fun, it's also great, to, like the kind of like the eye for storytelling. One of the kind of cool things about these epic adventures it's also the little small details you know like you have smaller characters who kind of notice things that are off the beaten path that the bigger characters don't have time for or don't even yeah. notice so i really appreciate that kind of stuff of like all the different things that a group brings to the table so very cool very jumble enjoyable i love the ensemble cast
2: well maybe you'd like this book uh, i've like if you you seem my- like Sort of interested in headlopper, but maybe you'd like little side character. Oh my god. Number one. I would check that out. <laughs> uh, I really like this issue as well.
0: And the very dumb thing that I judge issues of head lopper on is how, many, how heads many heads were heads lopped. Were, yeah,
1: yeah. And yes.
0: the last issue, not a lot of heads lopped. Yeah. This
1: issue, lots of heads lopped. So made up for it. A lot. Yes, there definitely made up out. for it. Your but criticism and then was like, no. lots. Oh, listen, the art's the always good. You always know
0: what you're getting with this book. It's always a lot of fun to read. But this one in particular I thought was great. And uh, with all those lopping of heads, I'll tell you what. There is one head, guys, that you mm. do not want to lop. And that's your little head. You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to lop that off.
2: What? Um, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I don't know if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: here's the thing. Thankfully, that is not an issue with this week's sponsor, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You're never oh, going to have to worry about that.
2: A 100%. Yeah, they've got the lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts, Performance Boxer Briefs, wearing them, and the Shed Travel you Bag. You can't, every it.
1: time you're, you wear them on Tuesdays, is this just part of your rotation? Yeah, yeah you I'm have not seven pairs say. of
2: underwear and... Yeah. It's not a hard and fast rotation, but you know what goes around comes around. And <laughs> part of as, that is my performance boxer briefs.
1: All right. Well, as the person who's used the Lawnmower Four on this podcast, I love it. It's such it, it handles well. You can feel safe and secure, not worrying about nicking your nuts. And the light is a fantastic Nick thing. Nicking your nuts. I'm glad that they put a light down there. You need it.
2: Son, God, come here. Like come here. Sit down. I have one thing to tell you as you leave my home. Don't nick your nuts. <laughs> uh, that's great, Pete, but don't forget the Weed Whacker's 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. I, didn't I forget. mean, you did. The nose no. and the ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology. Come on.
0: Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory this year with Manscaped. Stop saying that. It's about time. It's about time, which is the thing that I run myself down with. So I smell very nice there, but I guess I should uh, start using the... the deodorant instead. Let's move on to talk about something is killing the children, number 18 for Boob Studios, written by James Tyn in the fourth. Again, art by yeah. Werther Del Daria. Again, how dare oh. you say that? So we're continuing the House of Slaughter arc, which jumped back in time and gives us sure the did. origin of our main character. Also, this comes hot on the heel of the news that we're getting a spin-off series for this called The House of Slaughter, that is gonna focus on some other characters there, which I think is very exciting. Um I really like this arc a lot. I love jumping back in time, finding out more about the House of Slaughter, uh, and I'm really curious to see how this spins off as well. Uh, James is building this little bitty empire here. Oh, I think it also got picked up option for TV this week as well. So that wow. is correct.
2: And let's not forget, James won an Eisner this past week as well. Yeah. Ooh, so big, as a best big writer, week.
0: Big week for the guy. Big week for this title. What would you guys think about this issue? Uh,
2: it, it is great. Like, I've really been enjoying these. I think they've really picked up steam. Um, one of my criticisms for the series was it felt like not a lot was happening a lot in the series. A lot of, like, characters just sort of, like, being dare you? in their place. Just, just and awful. these flashbacks have really upped the uh, sort of narrative drive, I think. And it's, it's really, really good.
1: I... Love this book. This continues to be just absolutely fantastic. JT4 is killing it as per usual. I, you know, it's such a cool reveal with this doll that we've kind of seen uh, throughout this series. Uh I, Yeah, I'm just so glad we're finally taking the time to go back and kind of get the origin story of one of the best characters in the book. So I think this is just really fantastic, the way this kind of story is unfolding. I love every single issue, the art, the writing. It's all bananas good. Checkmate number two from DC Comics, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art
0: by Alex Maleev in this issue. We are continuing to see our detective heroes fight against the Leviathan. Uh, what do you guys think?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing, is that it's Brian Michael Bendis. You know what you're getting at this point. Alex Malieve, phenomenal art. My issue here is even though everything is well-characterized, well-drawn characterized well drawn it's a lot of former Manhunter, whatever his name is now. Is he called Leviathan or something like that? Just like Technically, I believe Yeah, so. just kind of posturing and being like, I'm the biggest badass in the entire DC universe. Here it comes. And there's little bits that I like. I think the stuff with Talia Al Ghul is great. Cool. She was left in a really bad place in the last issue and comes back in a big way this issue, which I think is smart. The focus on Lois Lane is great. But otherwise, I just want this to get somewhere like I want this to do something you know
2: I feel like that's been just indicative or it's been endemic to a lot of Bendis' work in D.C. Like, it feels like it's like you're at a party and this guy's cornering you and being like, no, no, this is really cool. And you're like, hey, man, I don't know about the cryptocurrency you're talking about right now. Like, can I go? I want to go buy the guacamole for a little bit. And it feels like a lot of his books have been like, this is so cool. You wait. You don't even know how cool this is. And I'm like, I don't because you're not showing me. You're telling me how cool it is.
1: I oh, don't know. I I think this is an intense story. The art's glorious. Uh, a, a, a kind of a cool use of Superman in here. You know, I you know I'm, I I think you're kind of I think you're going to get in this book, and it's delivering. So I don't know what you're complaining about. But um, I I yeah, I just think it's a solid comic. Like I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of like the. Leviathan series kind of, but we're going we to explore different parts, different things. Okay, cool. Great. Sign me up. And that's exactly what we're getting. Yeah. You guys are like, Oh, yep. That's us to a T let's move <laughs> on then and talk about the
0: scumbag <laughs> number Nine from image comics written by Rick Remender art by Jonathan Wayshack. In this issue, our main scumbag has changed the entire world to be exactly like him. He is traveling back in time to make sure that he can keep it that way. Meanwhile, the other forces on the moon, I believe, are trying to make it into something else or save the world in some way before it completely collapses into a cocaine orgy. Uh, Yeah, this is as ridiculous and over-the-top as you might expect from the description. It's a lot of fun. It's very silly.
2: Uh, agree. I want to highlight page 10 specifically, which is where we get um, the scumbag running through a little base, yeah. Um, I, and I feel like this just reminds me of the kind of like page, comic page I would draw as a kid and be like, look how cool it is. My hero's doing this thing. And it just feels like this is what um, this comic is. It's just a, f- a fun space where Remender gets to just cut loose and and be weird. And if you want that, get this book.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it is kind of weird and over the top, but there are like some fun, r- really kind of like fun, great pages to kind of look at. Like the scumbag world with the kind of like a mega death, uh, things going on in the background is really kind of crazy cool. Um, yeah, there's just kind of like, it reminds me of uh, of different kind of like Mad Magazine uh, kind of covers and stuff like that, where if you look in the sides, there's all sorts of crazy things happening. And I'm glad you pointed out that page, Justin, because it's like, uh, it's a really great panel and, and, and page setup. But it's also like, you know, for this kind of lazy scumbag, what he does do a lot of fighting for what he believes in in this issue. So it's uh, interesting yeah, to see absolutely. what kind of motivates him. Next up, Good Luck, number
0: two from Boom Studios, written by Matthew Ehrman, art by Good Luck, art by Stefano Simeon. This takes place in a world where good luck and bad luck both exist and are personified. A bunch of people who have absolutely no good luck whatsoever are trying to travel to the center of of the zone where this has all gone down to try to wow. return the world to some sort of order. I think we were a little iffy on the first issue, but thought this was an intriguing premise, so I was curious to check out the second issue. What would you guys think about this one?
1: Well, that you really summed that up well. I would My whole bit was going to be like, good luck explaining this comic, but it seems like you have a real real grasp on everything that was happening. I read yeah. this a couple times, and I didn't get what was happening that clear, so... I guess uh, congrats on being a better reader than I am. Thank Good you luck, so much. Magog. Good luck, Magog. <laughs>
2: uh, I, th- it is, and to your point, uh, Pete, it is a heady concept, especially yeah. in that first issue. This issue starts to let the rubber hit the road with it a little bit, where it's like mm-hmm. these characters go through. There's a reason why they put them in there to try to sort of save the world from this very particular concept um, and where I won't spoil what happens, but I like where the story ends up um, at the end of the issue. And I, I think the third issue is where we're going to really propel forward um, uh, with, it, with some more characters.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think this is like the paneling and the, the, the layouts is so cool and interesting and the characters are bigger in life and all the right ways. So it's really fantastic to kind of read and look at I just wish I was kind of like in it more but yeah I agree I'm hoping by the next issue things will really click and I'll be able to follow a little bit, little bit
2: better yeah good luck issue 3
1: oh thanks man Vinyl number two from Image Comics,
0: written by Doug Wagner, art by Daniel Hilliard. This is following a serial killer who is trying to save an FBI agent from a death, weird cult, something or other. Things definitely pick up this issue with the introduction of several more bonkers serial killers fighting this immortal death cult or whatever is happening. It's gross. It's bloody. I really like the art and design quite a bit. And if anything, this issue was surprisingly more straightforward in its execution. Uh, Justin, you, it looks like
2: you want to say something about this. It, it is maybe a little bit straightforward with like just detailing what's happening, but I still don't know what is happening. Like this is the issue. Uh, uh, what P was saying about good luck. Like this one, I'm like, what? What is this? The art I do think has like big invincible vibes, and I think maybe we talked about that with the first issue, but. Otherwise I'm like what You get a little bit of sense of the character But I just don't know why anyone's doing anything And I don't know yeah. what the deal is I like the vibe of the cult Feels very cool as a villain But otherwise I'm like Why do you put that mask on dude
1: Yeah the the, the cult thing is Like uh, really gross It's like hey do you love Invisible? Invincible Yes uh, Do you want it to be gorier More insane and not be able to kind of follow What's going on <laughs> Sure. Uh, well, yeah, get on board. Uh, well, to, to be fair, you said sure to the answer yeah, to that true. question. So yeah, it's kind of your fault. Yeah, it is my fault. Uh, but I, I do think this is enjoyable. I'm not sure what's going on or why everybody's murderous. <laughs> but sure, yeah, like fucking insanity and violence turned to 11. Densevincible. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm berserker
0: number four from Boom studios written by keanu reeves and matt kent art by ron garney in this issue we continue to get backstory on our main character as we jump through time he is an immortal warrior played by keanu reeves pretty much straight up uh here and this is great it's ron garney art it's matt kent and me and keanu reeves writing it's Really well done. Crazy intense action. This is maybe a little lighter on the story than the previous issues, but I still liked it quite a bit. Uh,
2: yeah, it feels like we're we've been telling a lot of this. Like, man, he could fight everybody and never really got hurt. Um, I do think the story starts to move a little bit in the end, and I like where it ends up. Uh, I definitely will pick up the next issue of this, but I'm ready for a shift. Shout out to the Rafael Grampa cover of this issue, which is dope.
1: Yeah, I, I really am impressed with uh, the the Garney's uh, art here because it's really the kind of difference between the kind of like the time periods we're at and the art is just fantastic. Uh, it's really cool the way the kind of like all the violence and old timiness are met here. Um, yeah, I, I think this is just a crazy kind of an, uh, over-the-top fighting comic, but man, I am not bored of it. It's uh, still very enjoyable uh, and very interesting. And uh, it's weird uh, that Keanu Reeves is, is the star in writing it, but it's also really cool. Let's move from one immortal warrior to another. The Old
0: Guard, Tales Through Time, number four from Image Comics, written by Matt Fraction and David F. Walker, art by Steve Lieber and Matthew Clark. As you can tell from the title, this is another two stories told in the world of The Old Guard. I really like this a lot, particularly the Matt Fraction, Steve Lieber story. The front story was so good and so well told, Um, but they're both really solid stories and I enjoyed them. What would you guys think?
2: I agree. Both stories are really good. I mean, the Old Guard universe, I didn't know that was thing but it is Um, I feel like they are making another movie right for Netflix Mm -hmm. so it definitely feels like this is something that we'll get to see more of and I think they're doing a great job of exploring this world both with our sort of main characters uh, as well
1: as getting off into the the weeds a little bit Um, really fun Uh, yeah I mean Salvin you've you've always been a fraction head so I'm not surprised I mean this is just kind of like
2: uh, I'm more of a decimal
1: place guy
2: yeah yeah
1: uh, but I just feel that, like, uh, please don't let this divide us. Oh my God! Yeah, that, you guys are dads, and you're making jokes. Um, so, anyway. We're just anyways, to, these are math jokes, Pete. Yeah, we're just trying to plus up the podcast. They're still, still dad jokes. Um, so, yeah, Pete, I, I guess mean, you, you can use the remainder of the time to finish <laughs> your review. I would hope so. It would be nice if I was able to take a turn. Um, Could so, you yeah. just say your point? <laughs> Yeah. I you, guess you, not This is a, I this is a, four,
2: a four Quadratic book like, <laughs> It appeals to everyone
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go ahead Pete I'm really not going to say anything Okay uh, yeah. so this uh, Yeah I was just surprised at how like cold this is like uh i guess in the, in the kind of the movie um charlie saron brought a little bit more heart to the character and this it's like you know how to make a ghost town kill everybody it's like holy shit all right old guard take it down a notch but i guess that's that's how you make a ghost town <laughs> yep
2: it's true
1: yeah how to make a ghost town soup
0: that's a book that I read. All right, I think that's it for our well, review.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not yeah. it because uh, you know you would uh, asked us to. You know, you are like, hey, you reached out an email, like, hey, if you guys want to add anything to the stack, even though it's way too many books, but you know, I appreciate no, your I time. I did that. I sent a text before
2: hours before. Yeah. Saying, <laughs> <laughs> what What is happening here? This is a weird rebellion that occurs at the end of the stack every week, where Pete's like. Yeah, well, the Pete will rise again. (laughs) That's That's right. right.
0: Here's the thing, Pete. If there are extra books you want to talk about, more than happy to talk about them. Just like when I sent a text at four PM and said, "Hey, let us know if there's any other books you want to talk about." Then Justin and I can talk about them if you let us know what they are, rather than keeping them secret. And in it, private.
2: It's very funny, though. Pete treats you like you're the stodgy dean. It's like, oh, you want to yeah. talk about a book? We'll fill out the form and <laughs> yeah. apply for the book. What, all you <laughs> literally
1: have to do is be like, I want to talk about uh, Spider-Man number two or whatever mm, you want to yeah. do. So Wonder Woman number 776. Um, I wanted to talk about it because Jill Thompson is doing the art. Jill Thompson, who uh, I love. She does like these amazing, amazing like watercolors with their art and uh so i'm just uh you know she was on one book and is no longer there and i was worried about her and her art and what was happening so it was just nice to see her on this book and uh uh, it was really worth it for the art alone wonder woman and kind of a lovely watercolor situation and uh it was just really nice and i was really happy to see jill uh working on this book so that's all i wanted to say
0: Yeah, I agree. That was a really good book that I also read, Pete. That was uh, really well done as Wonder Woman goes to Fairyland, continuing the arc here that we get with Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. Um, I continue to be intrigued at the way they are taking this and the way that they are growing all of this different mythology that's happening with Wonder Woman. Uh, we could probably also talk about the latest issue of Amazing Spider-Man. That's another title that this I. It's a game
2: of chicken that <laughs> I don't know who wants like, have we done this enough? Find out a lot more
0: about Kindred here. It turns out that Kindred and Harry Osborn might be two different people. What's going on
1: with that, right, Pete? You read that one as well, right? Yeah, I did read that one as well, and I didn't think that it was that cool actually, because I these two characters are driving me nuts. They're just giving us a little bit but they're not really telling us what's going on and I'm sick of it. It It's driving me crazy.
2: They're driving your nuts but they're not nicking your nuts and that's that's why Manscaped is doing its job.
1: You're right, my gog. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to support our podcast patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7pm to crowdcast and YouTube come hang out we would love to chat with you about comic books iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter comic book club for this podcast and more until next time we'll see you at the virtual comic book shop my okay. Ha, 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 ha.